When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Taking Care of Lady Business, where we put the business back in lady business. Hosted by Jennifer Justice, founder and CEO of the Justice Department, a management strategy and law firm that works with female and woke male entrepreneurs, executives, talent, brands, and creatives to build and maximize their wealth, focusing in the areas of tech, consumer product, finance, media, entertainment, and fashion. Jennifer interviews entrepreneurial women who have done it all, who will be sharing their secrets on all things business, especially as a woman. These highly successful women will share strategies and insights, including what not to do and what it takes to win. And now, here's your host, Jennifer Justice. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business, where we're putting the business back into lady business. Today, we have on Dee Poku, the CEO and founder of WeSuite. Hi, Dee. Hello, hello. So oh, nice to see you. No, I know. I mean, like, I haven't seen Dee. Even though Dee and I are both in the We Suite, I mean, I'm obviously a member of the We Suite. Like, we haven't seen each other. And the whole business is built on community and seeing women, but we haven't like seen each other in person. Um, hopefully, we'll remedy that soon. Um, and she was also just telling me how her son is home, who's in the fourth grade. Cannot believe he's already in the fourth grade. Um, because, of course, there's a COVID case. So she's momming and podcasting and running a business today, as we do every day. Um, Chief Mama yeah. Officer. Oh, my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who do not know, tell us about the We Suite and what it is. Sure. Um, well, first, thank you for having me on. And second, congrats. I know this is going to be wildly successful. Um, so the WeSuite is a membership community for women in leadership. And the idea is to create a platform and spaces where women who've achieved a lot of success, you know, whether they're founders or executives, can connect with their peers, but in a very tangible and transactional way. So I think for me, that was the sort of the key and the sort of differentiator because I'm in and have been in many communities and I, women are great at forming community. But what I want us to do is be more like the guys mm-hmm. um, in the sense of really just thinking about how we're driving wealth to each other as women and just sort of not being afraid to cross lines as far as what we ask for and what our needs are and, you know, just being really sort of giving in the business sense. So that's really what the WeSuite is. Amazing. And how long has it been around now? Well, I've been piloting it um, for three years Mm -hmm. um, with the so-called group. And now now we're just sort of actively expanding um, with lots of exciting things coming up. Right. But before this, you've been in community for how long now? I mean, what was your background that led you into it? It's such an interesting story. Sure. So that my son just sneezed because he's home quarantined. So, so, you know, I I spent most of my career in the entertainment industry like you, but on the film side. 
and, um, you know, has been revealed through Me Too and, and, and various things. Um, it's a process, um, to put it mildly, and um, it's very cutthroat and certainly, you know, in many aspects of demeaning to women. And I certainly, you know, I was based in LA and I definitely felt very sort of alone and isolated um, many times in my career and didn't necessarily have a space to go to or a place to go to for that. Um, LA back then was like a very one industry town. So everyone was in the business. So even with your friends, you had to be careful about what you said, because you never really knew whether it would come back around in some fashion. So I think that's just a very isolating way to live and to, to navigate your career. And so when I left, that was like the first thing I wanted to do was like create that space that I wished I'd had when I was uh, sort of navigating those spaces. So um, I've been doing this a while. I've cared about this issue a while. This is like not a new thing for me. And so the sort of first iteration of that was uh, a community for, um, sorry, uh, a conference for women. So friend and I who, who sort of started the conference together um, we're sort of well aware of like the business conferences that existed. They were, again, you know, this is going to be a common theme. They were heavily male dominated, no women on stage, no women off stage. And so we wanted to create a community and a, a sort of a conference that was focused on women, that could highlight women, that could bring successful women into the same room as women who were coming up. We wanted it to feel cooler and, and more fun and more dynamic and more sort of um, in sync with who we were, we were, and less sort of fusty and boring, and um, so we wanted it to be all those things. And so I've been, you know, so that was in 2010. It was called the We Symposium, um, and we had lots of very fabulous women speak, from Jill Biden to Nancy Pelosi to Queen Rania to Linda Gates to all sorts of people. So you know, I've been in this space a while, just doing this thing. Right. And how have you seen that evolve? since 2010, right? Like that was, I mean, I, I was involved with D during that time and I was just watching women in the music industry being paid substantially less than their male counterparts with substantially less experience. And I was advising all these women and I just felt so alone because I didn't feel like anybody cared about it, including half the time, some of the women, not because they didn't care about it because they were scared to care about it. And you know, and it was pretty lonely back then. And then I found D and I was like, oh my God, she cares about this too. And she's actually doing something about it. So, you know, I wanted to help as much as I could. Um, so tell me from your perspective, how things have changed and evolved and grown since 2010, which is 11 years ago. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I think that there's this sort of prevailing idea that if you put a woman in charge, everything changes. And I don't think it's that simple. Um, I think that women can be just as much victims of the patriarchy as men. So we can take on the sort of same values and ideas about what it is to lead, um, you know, who to promote, like how to conduct yourself. Um, that sort of, you know, have been sort of passed down from, you know, the men who um, sort of served as our role models and mentors. So I think that sometimes we have to do that work ourselves of like, you know, restarting, like breaking out of those um, those uh, sort of strictures and, um, and really sort of thinking about like, you know, what is it to lead for me as a woman? Like, can I be vulnerable? Can I be empathetic? Can I be collaborative? Like, you know, do I have to shout and stomp and throw things and 
you know, and bully people, which was, you know, what leadership used to mean. So certainly I've seen that evolve um, in, in terms of like what it means to lead. And um, I think even the pandemic has really brought, brought that to the fore because you couldn't really have that management style in this period where everyone was sort of burned out and, you know, and exhausted and confused. Like you had to bring your full vulnerable self to the table. So I've seen that change. You know, I've seen the young women really sort of change the game, sometimes successfully, sometimes it goes awry, but um, there was definitely obviously an era of, you know, girl bosses and like, you know, young women just being like, I'm not going to deal with that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and I like the sentiment behind it, even, you know, when it didn't, wasn't quite fully realized. Um, I think that um, they were definitely sort of demanding a new normal for themselves. And I think that's good. You know, the conference space sort of really exploded. So suddenly, you know, when, when we started the We Symposium, you know, no one really cared, like a conference just for women, like it wasn't, like women cared, but the sort right. of brands, yeah. um, like they were just sort of more interested in, in the establishment. And, and then suddenly, you know, it was like femvertising, like every brand wanted to be involved in a conference or be part of one. And it just became trendy. And so that was, you know, that's definitely has been a big change. And I think that all of that has come full circle. You can't really get away with just jumping on a bandwagon anymore because people will take you to task. Right. right. So be careful what you do and be careful what you align yourself with. If your board, you know, only has one man in it, or if your, your C-suite is not diverse, people will come for you. And that's also a whole conversation. All like, so yeah, the power of social media, um, but also me too, right? That was a massive pivot as well. And what I saw was everyone going, wait, this isn't just happening to me. It's happening to everyone. And there's obviously varying degrees of being, you know, raped by people like Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. to sexually, you know, your ass grabbed by Chris Cuomo mm-hmm. to just being patronized constantly in, in a room full of men has to go get the water when you're like one of the most senior executives there. You know what I mean? But the behavior has been called out and the statistics and every, you know, and what what came across is it's virtually happened to every single woman that's ever worked or existed in her life. Like every woman has, has felt this and we're 50% of the population and Mm -hmm. that is not acceptable. Right. And so we were, we were living with it and being okay with it as women because we thought we had to, right. Yeah. We, we thought we had no choice. I mean, I think that Certainly, like when I was in the film business, there were, you know, six men who run, ran the business, you know, one of whom was Harvey. Like there was like there was like so much power concentrated in the hands of so few. And so it just created this, you know, vast sort of imbalance where you really felt like if I want to have this career in this business that is so small um, and run by so few, like I have to go along with the status quo. And of course, no one was really talking about what was happening to them. Um, and so that's why, like, you know, Tawana Burke's meeting movement was so effective. It was just like, yes, me too. It happened to me. And then there was this yeah. like groundswell. Um, and so I thought that was, you know, that's been incredible. Um, and obviously the ripple effect across all industries has been really important. And, you know, last year with George Floyd, it, that sort of brought uh, diversity and, and especially sort of support of the Black community front and center because that, you know, um, I felt like 
you know, some companies got it, but there were so many who, you know, who only paid lip service. And I think that um, George Floyd, you know, really did change the world. And he really sort of through that movement brought the issue of black lives, like front and center of society and corporations and politics. Um, And so I think we've just seen like a lot of wholesale change or the beginnings of change still. I wouldn't say we're there. No, um, given that we're fighting for abortion rights again, but <laughs> certainly, you know, <laughs> the beginnings or, you know, like bigger conversations um, right. around those issues, you know, than had ever been had before. Right. And because the statistics are still really dismal, right? Mm-hmm. It went down from what, 2.7% in 2019 of women getting venture funding, even more, way more dismal if you're a woman of color. So isn't it like even down in 2020? There's uh, like all this record number of VCs, you know, like funding all these companies. And still it's like now 2%, back down to 2%. It's so I think. ridiculous. It it's spiked so ridiculous. in 2019. So there were, everyone was like, hooray, you know, it's up to 2.9. And then, you know, what's particularly interesting is that there were more funding dollars dispensed in 2020. So there yeah. was more spent but less of it went to women, which was like, it's like, you know, so we were in the middle of a reckoning on all fronts, you know, and that's why you have to be very sort of um, skeptical of pledges and, you know, and and what people say, you really have to sort of look behind the veil to see what they're doing, because like, that's a great example yeah. It's okay. like, oh, you oh, you okay. care about women, all of yeah. your companies, then yeah. why aren't you funding them? Exactly. Why don't you have female partners? Yeah. Like, why don't you widen the base and, and give, you know, more angel and seed funding to women of color? And, you know, because there's no such thing as friends and family that are going to fund you. It's just like, you know. Whereas, you know, you come across these dudes in Silicon Valley. It's like, hey, hold on one second. I just need $50 million. Okay, I'm ready. You're just like, what just happened? That's actually happened to me when somebody was like, um, just a minute, and like on a lunch. And it's like, okay, no, no, no. I just had to close this $100 million gap. And I was like, you just did that while sitting across from me. Yeah. It takes 200 meetings for a woman of color to get that. Totally. And, it, you know, and I think, again, you know, it sort of speaks to what I'm trying to build with, right. with the resuite is that we're really sort of putting money down. Um, and I'm personally, you know, on my uh, vision board, um, I have that, I don't know if you've seen that diagram of like the PayPal mafia. And so the PayPal mafia were, you know, a bunch of men who all worked for PayPal um, in the early stages, you know, who all did sort of were very sort of successful, went on to different careers, but continued to financially support one another. And so they've just sort of generated billions of dollars in wealth for one another's businesses because of the way they operated. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's just such a lesson for us as women that we really sort of think about the wealth aspect and the power aspect of how we advance society. Like if we don't, if we're not in a position to write those checks, we're not in a position to hire, you know, to be decision makers, then we're going to still, you know, we're going to keep going around in circles and with these sort of silly incremental rises um, in funding or or in diversity forever. Like we Mm. need to be, you know, in the seats of power. Like I just spoke on a panel actually where, you know, lovely man who was talking about putting himself in a woman's shoes and, you know, and had all the, he was trying to do the right thing. And I thought that was great. You know, and my response to him was like, 
Yeah, but we also just need men to like give up power, like to step aside and let us be the shoes, be in the shoes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rather than you have to like imagine what it's like, like let us, you know, chart our own futures. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what like, you know, look, we are, both of our companies have the same mission, right? Which is to make women money. You know, because when you money, you have the power <laughs> and true. unapologetically, you know, it's yeah. like enough of this, like, oh, money's yucky. It's like, no, it's not. It gives you freedom. <laughs> it allows you to take care of your son when he's sick on a quarantine day right. because you have a choice now to do that. Um, and it gives you choices in life. It does not make you happy, but it gives you choices. And the lack of choices actually makes you miserable. And so it's something so important. And so it's a whole thing. Yeah. So it's like the if the patriarchy wanted women in there, we would because they're in power, but they don't. So it's like places like the We Suite, you know, the Justice Department, like what we're all doing is let's give each other business and only each other business and build the matriarchy, you know? So we want to talk about little things that like the We Suite's doing um, and, you know, how you got, how we all communicate and the investor, you know, the investment and the investing fund and all that kind of stuff a little bit. Get yeah. more context of that. I mean, I think that what I love about the way the We Street operates is that, you know, I'm almost in a position where I can step back because I've set a culture and a mission, you know, and I'm very sort of mindful about the curation and who gets to become a member, that they also have the same sort of value set as we do. And so, you know, and so what it creates is this dynamic where everyone is giving. And obviously, if you're in a dynamic where everyone is giving, it means that everyone is receiving. And so, you know, I think that, you know, happy and, and really so sort of proud that that exists. And so we have this sort of forum right now, we're all, we're digital. So we have this sort of forum where people just post questions, um, like needs that they have. And I check in on every single one um, to make sure that everyone got a response. Because sometimes people reply all and sometimes they reply privately, but I always check in. And if I need to do jazz hands at the back end and make sure it happens, I will do it. But it happens, like everyone gets the response they need, um, they get the introductions. So I feel like that part's really important, that sort of give and take of like business tactics and introductions, I really believe in introductions, that is happening. Um, definitely one thing, you know, particularly proud of is we have an angel community. And I remember actually during the Black Lives Matter protest last year, there was one member, and I think it was Baba, um, Rivera, who's a founder, she posted to the group because we were all having conversations about like, what are we doing, you know, tangibly? And she said, like, I'm investing in this black-owned business. Anyone else want to come in with me? And I remember she kind of got all these responses and it was like a bit of an aha. Um, oh, we actually, you know, we have women who can write checks. And so how, what are we doing about that? And then Rochelle, um, another member came to me and said, um, I would like to, you know, create and lead an angel investing network within the WeSpeak because I'm seeing that, you know, people are actually active. Um, so she went off and created the WeSuite Angels um, and they meet once a month and they share deal flow and they focus on underrepresented founders. And to date, um, so since it started, which was fairly just a few months ago, we've invested like over $700,000 in, you know, underrepresented founders, founded businesses. Um, and I think that that's amazing because it's just really women writing, you know, small checks, 5,000 here, 10,000 here, you know, the odd person writes more, but in aggregate, 
it's really sort of reveals the power of women when we come together and pool our resources. Yeah. And that means a lot to them. And there's a lot of money like exchanging hands and like, it's, it's really difficult to go out and do all those individual meetings. And then if you can just present to the We Sweet Angel fund at like one time and you're, you know, talking to 20 different women to 40 different women at any given time, it's also much more efficient. You know what I mean? Because your time is your money and your resources. And, you know, so yeah, that's, and then, I mean, I found it very valuable too. And the fact that Rochelle took that on is like, I mean, it's amazing because she does have a full-time job too. Not to mention yes. That. And pregnant. And pregnant. I yeah. know, because this is what we do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we should be given all the things because we yeah. do every, you know, like. Uh, a dad in my um, son's class um, was just like, oh, they had just moved. And he's like, JJ, I don't know how you did it because I moved in January. He's like, I don't know how you did it. And, like the kid's going to school and you moved and you're like a single mom. And I was like, Jason. Women are much stronger than men. Okay. Let's just be real. Yes. <laughs> if you don't know, now you know. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so look, I think that it's great that these exist in the suite, obviously, you know, it's like women, it's not, you know, we're not giving each other advice on nannies and stuff like that. We're talking about real business things and opportunities. But, you know, like, I think that women have a long way to go too. Like, what do you think are some things that women need to start doing in general a little bit more and like better, like things that we could get better at to compete with the boys and, and bring like help bring power and wealth to ourselves. Yeah. I mean, um, I think we have to think bigger Mm. and I know that, you know, we get told that a lot and, and perhaps it's annoying and, but it's true. Like, you know, I've been sort of working on, um, you know, potentially fundraising and I showed it to, um, actually I showed it, I'll, I'll mention it. I showed it to, um, Julie Wainwright from the real real. Cause you know, I think she's amazing. And obviously she, um, has a billion dollar company and she IPO'd and she was like, but like, why she was like, why is your amount so small? Like, what are you going to do with that money? Like you have to, you know, and it was just, you know, and I thought, well, I'm just, I'm victim to it myself. Yeah. I, I'm walking around telling everyone to do all the things. Um, and then you find yourself doing the same thing because there's that sort of fear of like asking for too much. And so I think that, and the advice I've been given by all of um, my friends who've successfully raised is like, you need to come up with like laughable numbers. Like you need to have ambitions for yourself that almost sound ridiculous to you. Like you have to sort of, because that's what guys are doing. Like you have to be like, I'm changing the world. My company is going to do this like at the highest levels, you know? And I think that, and there's nothing wrong with the way we operate. Cause I think, you know, we are practical and pragmatic. Right. Good. And I think that that is important and good. And if you are, if you have a woman CEO, like she's de-risking your company um, with that approach. But I think that it's like finding that balance of, you know, again, like, unshackling yourself from where you think you should be, um, you know, to really sort of catapulting yourself to the highest levels. Right. Um, I think that's important. I think that we should stop drawing the line in the sand, as you just said, you know, in terms of like talking about money with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that we should be less afraid of introductions. I think people get very sort of nervous about like, yeah. who they introduce or like it's this relationship and I'm like no you know and it's just like what if you know if you can't make those introductions 
they're not your friend, right? I mean, because they have to trust that you're bringing someone to the table that will ultimately be valuable to, you know, for them or that they can, you know, really do good for. So like either way, either you're going to be valuable to one another or you're going to really sort of give back to someone in a way that is good. So either way, like it's worth doing. So I think that that's um, really important. And I think the final thing I would say is like just the value of community and just building really good community and being really sort of thoughtful and intentional about who you surround yourself with. Because I would certainly say that I'm surrounded by women who hold me to account. Like, you know, being your friend, I just know there is just no bullshit um, ever at any point. And I think that having that and just being surrounded by like ambitious women who, but who care, I think just makes me better. And so I think that, you know, just really being sort of thoughtful, intentional about your network. Right, right. No, that's all. I I agree with all those things. I mean, the first one really is about your limiting beliefs, right? It's like, you know, it's hard because it's not, you know, what we do is we don't want to say like, oh, when we do everything wrong, that's not Mm -hmm. it. Like we have amazing traits. Let's embrace the differences between men and women, but there's certain things about business that just exist, right? Like in negotiations, sometimes I have clients like, just don't be mean. I'm like, I'm not mean. I'm getting you what you want, but there's actual evidence that if you're nice in a negotiation, you're not going to get close to what you want. Mm. Okay. It's not about being mean or nice. This is about negotiating. Let me do what I do and you do what you do, you know? Um, And that's one of them. It's like limiting beliefs in general about, you know, what you deserve or who, you you know, one of the reasons like another, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm interviewing a lot of lawyers about like, what they do so women can understand that it's absolutely necessary if you're in business to have a lawyer. It is absolutely necessary. You will pay more money in the mistakes by signing agreements and structuring deals without an, an actual experienced individual as, as an attorney that does that for a living, then it, you'll pay more times 10 than you will in paying that person. And you know, there's no men that has no attorney. They're, like they all have an attorney and False they all economy, brag absolutely. about it. Mm-hmm. You know? And so mm-hmm. it's a limiting beliefs that like, you don't deserve it or, you know, we can do it all on our own. Not because we think that we're better. It's because it's like, we just don't think we deserve it. Maybe like we don't wash, we don't do our own hair. We don't do our own nails or watch our own kids for some reason when it comes to business. It's like, I can do it all. I'm a publicist and an attorney and an accountant. And, a, you know, and so those kinds of. So true. It's yeah. like, it absolutely speaks to, you know, where we're willing to put our money, you know, our dollars, right? And so, like, those are the things that are important, like having professionals around you that will mm-hmm. ultimately pay dividends in the long term. Yeah. It's so much more important. Like, you know, I know women who will spend a fortune on a dress or, you know, yeah, whatever, and they should and are entitled to. But you should also be comfortable putting that same money behind yeah. your career, yeah, um, it's a form of self-love. Totally. Yes. You yeah. know? So yeah. yes, I agree with that. I also totally agree with the introductions. Like I've been in a position where I've asked them, like, does anybody know XYZ? And they're like, well, why do you want to know them? It's like, well, because their company is actually infringing on something. And I would rather go in with, you know, a warm intro and say, hey, how can we work this out? And they didn't do the intro. Mm. I was like, but now I have to go in hard and be like, <laughs> Like business, like they're prepared. They know they're, if they're in like that kind of position, 
that bad things happen too. And so it's not like you can be like, oh, if I don't make the intro, it's not going to happen. It's mm-hmm. happening. You yeah. know, you might as well be yeah. like, hey, there's some shit about to happen. I figure if you guys talk right now, it might be better. Yes. Yeah. I would be like, yes, please introduce me instead of hiding in my corner in my office. Like it's got to happen. Right. Yeah. And I agree also just as like you have to believe that in your community, it's like back to your community point, like you know, you have to surround yourself with a community and a tribe. They might not be the women that you go have drinks with or, you know, or talk, uh, you know, about your husbands, you know what I mean? It's like, but they are like, you know, people that you, that your tribe and they, and have your back and like, are going to give you business and refer you. And I don't know what's the quote, like, you know, surround yourself with people who, you know, will only talk, get you business when you're not in the room, you know, that kind of like yes. that kind of stuff. We'll you mention know? your name in a room full of opportunities. Yeah, yeah yes. exactly. I love that quote. I, yeah. Yes. You just, I butchered that. <laughs> but said, that's what you need to do. I mean, all of those things, I think that we can, we, and I think it really all comes down to our limiting beliefs of what we deserve because for generations we have been told where we should be and what our place is. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's come, it comes out in, our, you know, relationships, it comes out in our job opportunities, it comes out in politics, like Texas, like, all just trying to hold us down. And then I think, you know, what another one, your biggest one is like building wealth and money. Because, you know, look, we are at best get 80% of what men do as a white woman. And that goes down to 40 50% for native American women, you know, and, and all women of color in between, like it's, it's so depressing. But what I think is even worse is our wealth gap and our, you know, like it's probably 20% of what men is like women. What, what are you worth doing that analysis? What are you worth individually, you know, um, without your husband's money or your, you know, family's money, like, we just don't make the same in over all of that time and years, you know, it's so behind. So it's all like amazing points and, you know, what you at the WeSuite are trying to accomplish and, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think even sort of when you think about women, you know, who have sort of high net worth and just kind of how they're spending their money. And again, like the percentage who put money into philanthropy, versus investment, right? So who are, you know, spending money on like big galas and like writing checks and that, you know, and again, like it's, it's I'm not saying there's an either or, but I think that there is um, an approach to wealth building or, or like wealth dissemination that is different. Um, and I think that men always are thinking about the bottom line and like, you know, how is this money multiplying for me? And so, you know, and so that's like, they're seeing like, the risk benefits of investing. And so again, like I would love, you know, more women um, who have a lot of wealth to really, you know, s- sort of switch over their sort of, uh, you know, the way that they're sort of disseminating money to, more towards investing. Versus just in charitable. Versus, versus chairing the benefit. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You buy $25,000 table at a gala. If you gave $25,000 to a fund, like, a, you know. Huge to, a, to a, a, a founder who's starting out, like, yeah. you know. And you can then create more wealth. So everybody's doing that. And really, most of these charities are started by white male greed. 
because due to white mental greed, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. we're just funding it, you know, a little yeah. bit. So no, I agree with you. I, I think, it, you know, if the women of high net worth would invest more in female founded companies and blind, as blindly as they give $25,000 to a gala, mm-hmm. you know, then. Yeah, you would see a huge, I mean, I think you would just yeah. see such a massive difference. I mean, I truly believe in like the generation we're in and, um, and the sort of structures and systems we're in are, are almost like impossible to, to really shift in any meaningful way. So I yeah. really just think about like the next generation and, and, you know, women who are sort of building businesses and hopefully kind of modeling for the world um, a new way of being, a new way of running a company, a new way of hiring, a new way of sort of creating culture, you know, and that's just sort of something that, you know, I want to see more of and, and why I love the We Sweet Angels. I think it's really about like, you know, building that next layer and the companies of the future. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and the We Sweet, like that's where you're contributing, yes. like showing yes. women yes. that if you show up for each other, support each other, it helps everyone, including yourself, which is fine. Yeah. Like financially. Yes. Yeah. Which it's, is great. It's absolutely fine um, right. for you to benefit while you're, you know, helping support someone else. Like that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. So where is the We Sweet going and where do you want, where are your goals for it? I have some big plans. Um, I think that, so right now, you know, it's a membership community for, you know, women at the highest levels. And, um, and I think, you know, those women are looking for that sort of peer support. They, you know, they want to, you know, if you're a CTO, you want to speak to someone, um, who's going to sort of understand where you're coming from, um, from experience base. But I also, I started off in the women's space, sort of wanting to support women who are coming up. And so um, I'm working on a model that I think is quite interesting um, that has a, you know, basically has a kind of two-tier structure. And I won't say too much because I feel like it's a bit proprietary and I'm quite oh, no, excited. No, no, no. It's like, look, world um, domination would have been fine. But, it's, but it's world yeah. domination. It's world <laughs> Lady domination. domination. Yeah, there you go. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, so just kind of um, expanding into other, uh, other countries and, you know, building out our tech and, and all those sorts of things. Amazing. Um, well, we need to wrap up, unfortunately, because you are busy and you have a sick kid at home. Um, but I ask everyone this question. Um, and what is the worst advice you've ever received? It's actually advice I was given recently um, and just kind of speaks to everything we've been talking about around wealth. But, you know, I had, you know, went to a man for advice um, on fundraising and and basically you know he had told me to be sort of quite um, modest you know in my ask and so basically all the advice that he gave me was about not overstepping the mark and not sort of trying to sort of overreach mm-hmm. um, so it was like yeah no don't like you know only ask for this much like just because I think that he he meant well but he just thought oh, well you're like you know a black woman so like you know I wouldn't like you're not going to get it yeah yeah 
Stay in your lane, little girl. Stay in your lane. Oh, um, I know, advice. I know, I know. I, it's like, yeah. that's why it's like giving advice from somebody. It's like, if you've never been in their shoes, how do you even know? You don't know what it's like to walk in a room full of other, you know, being the only other. So it's yeah. tough. I get it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Dee. This was awesome. Very anticipated. I wanted to interview you from the very beginning. So thank you for doing this. Um, if people want to find We Sweet and you, how do they do that? Um, you can find the We Sweet on the website or go to the website, the We the WIE Suite.com and find me on social media. I'm at Deepoku everywhere. Everywhere. Wherever everywhere. you find social media. Where, wherever you find social media, there I am. There's Deepoku. <laughs> Singing my drum. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you, everybody, for joining this episode of Taking Care of Lady Business. Um, make sure like, subscribe, and let us know what other kind of topics you want to talk about. Until next time, I'm Jennifer Justice.